Are you just ending the show? It's <laughs> <laughs> no good. Welcome, everybody, to Court Cousins, episode 56. My name is Kyle. I'm joined, as always, by my cousin, my co-host, Jason the Peach. Peach, what do we got going on on today's show, sir? On today's show, we've got the social media roundup just the way you like it, with a mix of stuff from the Magic community and all of basketball community. We'll even talk about a little bit of a civil war breaking out. Ooh, we've also got fill in the blank. And then, of course, the time when you call everyone a scallywag to stay around for that large ending. Absolutely. And we, before we get into all that hijinks and hilarity, shout out to all the all-stars and second cousins over on the Patreon. Magic player history, Bulby the Don, Paulo and Franz's warmth, Andy, Dylan Holden, Drum, Rafael Perez, Breadhead, Matthew Bell, Dan Young, Gloria and Damien, Yanni, Con- Yanni, Connor and Yachty. <laughs> My bad, Yachty. What's up, homie? <laughs> hey, we're going to have a much better show today because the writer strike is over. So we're actually going to do some content now. <laughs> <laughs> We've got some material finally. Uh, but first, Peach, haven't talked to you in a couple weeks. The show is really coming back to its roots for me. Get to spend some time with my cousin. How are you doing, sir, for the psychological check-in? Uh, for the psychological check-in, I've uh, selected this one of here of of of. Cole's celebrating. He's got his finger up in the air. Something good has happened. He's excited about it. Um, no lie. Before I, I, it is that seasonal depression time for me. Yeah. But I, I've been digging in and looking at the positives, and it's been a lot easier to stomach this year because I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm where I want to be doing something that's good. Last year, you know, I was there with you, and it was good. Right. It was a great situation, but it felt like a holding part, like right. for me, a little bit. Like it was kind of not. What was up? And I, I think this week will mark uh, coming up. Will mark six months in Dallas for me. Um, and I and I had before that had spent six months in Austin, but then turned around and went right back to Boston. It's a long story. I've told it <laughs> over the course of time. But but for me, it, ever since I moved to Austin in 2020 during the pandemic, and that kind of didn't work out the way I wanted it to, and I had to come back. I, I just felt like something was missing. That fresh start I had really wanted. Just I didn't get it. Like yeah. it just didn't feel like I was having it. And I went back to Boston. That didn't work. Went to Connecticut. Things improved greatly for me when I was there, but it still felt like it was like not maybe. Right. I felt like I was in your life a little bit more, not mine. Yeah. You know? um, so being able to come back to Texas and plant down and be here for six months and be feeling like I'm going nowhere, like, and that's a good thing. And I mean that in a good way. <laughs> like, like, like I'm not packing stuff up. I'm yeah. making pulling stuff out of the boxes for permanent stay. That's, that's great for me. And it just feels good. It feels like I'm getting a little bit of closure on something that started in 2020 very badly. Um, and finally getting that closure in 2023 in a positive way and in a, in a way that would have been way better than had it worked out in, in, in Austin. So sometimes right. those things that happen in your life, they're there for a reason. They lead you in a different direction. They move you from here to there that, and everywhere. And I've been remembering a lot lately as I come up on this six month anniversary that like, yeah, yeah, like do it, you know, like, and so to anyone else out there, you know, if you're going through some bad times, they could lead you to some better times. So don't, um, don't fret on it too much. 
don't let it weigh you down because there could always be some more better things coming. And I have something along those lines to talk about later. I think that's going to shock you. Wow. Could be It's going to be the hottest take I've probably had on this program in quite a while. So stay tuned for that. How are you feeling for the psychological check? You're looking stylish. Oh, yeah. So I am glad to hear. First of all, I'm glad to hear you're putting down a peach plant, putting down some roots, a peach growth flower, perhaps emerging in Dallas. I'd love to see it. Excited this guy to see the show. He gets it. <laughs> <laughs> um, how am I feeling for the psychological check in? I have this shot recently from uh, Cole Anthony's Instagram. I don't know what it's from. It's it's fashion. I think it's fashion piece. He's got, you know, a button up look with a, a black tie, white button down shirt on, business up top, and then he's wearing what looks like a kilt or a man skirt beneath. That's the fashion part with some, you know, things going on. So it's it's very much like a mullet right now. And that's kind of how I'm feeling. It's business up to- top, party down on the bottom. And that's where I am right now. I'm I'm business for the next few days i've got school you know teaching the youths but soon i'm going to phoenix at the end of this week thursday friday taking off work i'll be in arizona for four days for uh the lady's friend is getting married and we're making a little vacation out of it and then i come back and i just have a day and a half of work and then that second day is my birthday into thanksgiving so Mm. i got a lot i have a little bit of business up top that I got to handle, you know, got to got to teach the youths and all that. But there's a lot of party coming below this. If you could see below this shot, not wearing pants cuz that's how close I am to the party. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wearing a kilt, all right? The guys aren't out. Just like Cole Anthony, I'm wearing a man skirt. That that you know what? I dig this. I dig this look. Yeah. I'm I'm in it. I'm in on that. But the problem is if, if I wore that outside, I'd be scoffed at by society. Right. But he does it, puts the shades on, he's got the cool hair, and it's fine. It's cool. But if I did it, I'd be labeled the creep and not allowed to get near school. <laughs> you ever worn any women's clothing? Just throwing this out there. In public? <laughs> or private. I'm I'm into private dish. I, I'm leaning in for this one. Well, I'm, in private, you know, I don't, I don't kiss and tell. Um, in public, I don't think so. I don't yeah. think so. You? I, I wore a skirt. I uh, went to a Rocky Horror Picture Show, and that's kind oh, of yeah, one of the things where you'll just like get it, get it in drag a little bit. Threw on a skirt, ended up getting laid, so it worked out there, gentlemen. So don't be mm-hmm. afraid to embrace, you know, some of the finer things in life because it might work out for you. You gave that same tip before, but it, it's it's it stands true. <laughs> My tip is if somebody ever asks you if you've ever been skinny dipping, you always say, no, I've never been skinny dipping. And yes. guess what? Within the next 15 minutes, you're going to be skinny dipping. <laughs> <laughs> See, ladies and gentlemen, second cousins, you did not know you were coming for these these pearls of wisdom, but here you are. All right, second cousins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Okay, so let's do some show then. Let's do some some basketball talk, I guess. Mm-hmm. If we must, that is the the creamy filling of the show. Yeah. <laughs> Without further ado, let's get to the creamy filling, and no one better to start than with the man Jay Mysterio. This post is from I can't read. I just tried to maximize the screen. Ty Knowles. Oh, it's Ty Knowles. Tyler Hahn, fourteen. Jalen Suggs is different this year. This was taken from when they went down to Mexico and this 
Uh, luchador, is that correct, Peach? You're the wrestling aficionado. Am I? Am I? Is this yeah, the right luchador thing? Luchador mask. It's lucha libre. Is the style. It's okay. just any mask. Mexican wrestling. Um, this looks like a Rey Mysterio mask, and so he has now donned the name J Mysterio, which is excellent nickname. So Makes good. me want to say Buyaka Buyaka four oh seven. Right, wrestling <laughs> fans get that reference. Uh, but. Uh, I loved how much stuff there was on the Orlando Magic social media on this day. It would have been almost yeah. impossible for you to not know they were playing a game in Mexico City and that the boys were down there having some fun. Maybe a little too much fun. <laughs> but uh yeah, it was it was it was good. It was a good content day for the Magic for sure. A big win. Big yeah. win from that side. And not so so, so Lucha Lucha Libre, you said is the name of the style. Mm-hmm. Libre, I don't, you know, I don't no, no, um, no habla más, no hablo más español, pero yo sé que libre means free, right? Doesn't libre mean free or so, something like that? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a more free style of wrestling because Jalen Suggs has really taken that on to me, Peach. I don't know what you've seen in the 14 minutes of game action that you've watched, but, <laughs> but oh, he is okay. playing. No, I'm just, just, just throwing a little bit of shade. Just that's a different segment, Kyle. In nine games, we've got a Jalen Suggs, ladies and gentlemen, shooting 35% from the field or from three-point range, 40% from the field. But it's not really that. It's more about his defense. He's averaging 1.3 steals per game. And he's just been the lightning rod, man. He he's it was a really tough loss against the Hawks. We're talking about the Mexico game here. That was bad. But there was if there was a bright spot, it was Jalen Suggs. And we're reminded of that by Jeff Weltman's foreheads, who said, you know, it sucks that the Jalen Suggs masterclass got lost in that terrible lo- terrible ending because he had seven steals. What a sicko. And and that's what we need. And it doesn't go away with Jalen Suggs, which is why I love this kid. And we've kind of we've always been on on the hill for Jalen Suggs. Get let's give it a chance. I believe the shot. It looks good. And what I love is the energy Peach. Had that bad loss, as I've mentioned a couple times. Next game, I'm not feeling good going against the Bucks. I, di- I didn't love it. But who comes out with energy immediately? Jalen Suggs. And it doesn't matter if, if we just got beat by 40 or we're a tough loss. He's going to bring it every single time. And I think that's what we need. We need someone to be uh, a, who sets the tone. And that's what Jalen Suggs has been doing. I've been absolutely impressed. I think, you know, I was saying starting shooting guard at the beginning of the year, he's been playing that. I think he cemented it, especially with Gary Harris not being able to get on the floor and even make it a conversation. But how are you feeling about early season Jalen Suggs and what you see in Peach? Uh, yeah, I echo most of that. I feel like uh, you know, I, he always has had that dog in him, as you said in your wrap-up um, against the Bucks the other day. Um, and so it's not a surprise to me, but it is a surprise that he's continuing to score at a, at a good level. The shot does look much better. He's becoming more reliable. This is the Jalen Suggs that we hoped he'd develop into, right? So now we've got that guy. So now the expectations are that this continues, right? So like if he has one or two bad games here and there, he's a human being, but he needs to be at this level on a more consistent basis. But I love what I'm seeing from him so far. Um, the end of that Hawks game was so disappointing for me. That was the first full game I watched this year, bell to bell and was just like, first of all, this is the part of the reason I can't stand watching the NBA regular season games. You can't get near Trey young. They're just going to call a foul. 
It was yeah. so aggravating to watch guys like basically say, okay, just let him go. And then mm-hmm. still have them call a foul. <laughs> so it was like, I don't know if the refs feel bad for him because he's got that patchy hair situation, but he was probably going to do fine with the ladies. You don't need to give him every foul call in the book. But down the stretch, it just didn't look like we had any way of like manhandling that game. And you heard Paulo yeah. talk about it after the Bucks game with his thoughts where he said, you know, I'm the guy. I need to take that ball. I need to be the guy that makes that shot. And we have lacked that in the past. And he, it's good that he knows he's got to be that guy. Yeah. Um, because we could have used that in that game. Somebody to put in, you know, the dagger when we were up. Because that game, they let that get away. I'm not surprised that the Magic came out with fire against the Bucks, who, by the way, without Damian Lillard, are not going to be the same team. Right. But the Bucks have those games where they just sort of, they're they're like, they let down and they lose to a mystery opponent. That's always been the Bucks, no matter how good they are. And this was a combination of missing Dame and having one of those off games. Not that the Magic didn't play well, but at least now when that's happening, they just go take it mm. instead of like toiling in the mid card and then not getting a win that they should have gotten. And which is a reason why, you know, you're five and four at this point instead of, you know, two and eight. All right. And another uh, big reason that we're five and four, we've had some injuries but the depth has been coming through. Um, you know, Goga, Super Goga has been playing solid basketball. Moritz has been playing really good in the wake of Wendell going down. And a guy who's been playing really well since Markel Fultz has had the uh, the meniscus issue in his knee, the tendonitis, I'm sorry, in his knee, is Anthony Black. Uh, the sixth overall pick, Dante Marcatelli, reminds us here since 96-97, the most consecutive field goals made to start an NBA career was nine until tonight. Anthony Black blo- broke that record, started a perfect 10 for 10 in his NBA career, now the most for any NBA player in 27 years special. Um, you've, you've seen a couple in that, uh, in that Hawks game. He, he's, he's impressed me on a couple big areas, Peach. This, this statistic here that, you know, first 10 – makes okay that doesn't necessarily mean so much but what it what it does mean to me is how he takes what the game gives him he plays within the flow of the game he's a very you know a very intelligent player he's not trying to do too much which rookies often either have to do they're forced to do because of the situation they came into like kind of we asked too much of Jalen Suggs to start or they're just they're not ready. They're they're moving too fast. Either their mind is moving too fast for their feet or the other way around. He's taking what's coming to him. And it's surprising me how willing he is to shoot the three. That has been a really pleasant surprise so far. Uh I was worried about that in summer league. Watching him live and seeing him pass up open threes, maybe it was more of the wrist. Uh, he had a wrist issue during that time. Maybe that was it. Or it could just be his hard work because I've seen some people posting about, you know, at right after games, he's getting up shots when he wasn't playing for a couple hours afterwards. So that's that's impressive. He has been he has been spe- a special player. He's been a very good player. Uh, I'm curious to see how high this kid's ceiling can go, especially if he keeps shooting the three. You know, it's not it's not on the move or anything. It's a set shot. He's not doing a lot off of off the dribble but he's taken what's coming to him and he's not afraid to pull the trigger when he's open which we need more of that on the Orlando Magic. Peach, what's been your sense so far of uh what you've seen from the young the young crazy haired gentleman? Uh well, first of all, I think Dante again, he's uh 
he's on the payroll. So he has yeah. to say things like this are special because yeah. I didn't know that this was a fact until this post uh, <laughs> that you've brought to the show. Because uh, it, it's not like he was 10 for 10 in one game. Right. <laughs> that was over a series of games. So, it, it, yeah, but your point was, yeah. was exactly where I was going to go with this, where that he's taking what he's comfortable with and what he can make. And I guess it's impressive to see him actually putting the, the threes up. I need to hope that his ability to make them in, improves. Um, but well, he's shooting fifty yeah, percent, Peach. Fifty percent from beyond he's, three. He's raw. Yeah. Okay. Well, I haven't seen that. Or how many is he throwing up? Eight. Well, yeah, like, exactly. It's not, yeah. It's not a large. We don't right. have a large sample size to like go by for all this stuff. So like, yeah. even like I said, those that tended for ten. That's probably over the course of three games, right? I Something mean, like that. Yeah, I think so. So, I mean, and yeah, and layups and shit. I mean, is it, is it special? I don't know. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm glad for him. That's a, that's a cool fact to have, but uh, yeah. And I see, he's just a very raw player, but you can see that there's parts there that you're like, all right, all right. There's, there's something here. It gives you the more inkling as to why the magic went out on a limb or what a, a conceived limb yeah. and drafted him at number six. Right. You can see that there's pieces there. Obviously they scouted him enough to know, they saw those same pieces and stuff too. I'm glad to see that's translating to the NBA game and not just from his college days. So I'm hopeful that there's potential for him to, you know, at some point become a, maybe a fringe all-star at some point, you know, Ooh. maybe four or five years down the road. Yeah, we like that's it. That's what I see. I mean, yeah, I, I see like our version of like a Josh Giddy, a big guard who is creative with the ball. Uh, he's a, he's a be way better defender than Giddy in my opinion. Um, but he's he's gonna make smart decisions and and yeah that could be a fringe all star I wasn't even thinking that high but I like it and and he's been filling in unfortunately for in my mind for a guy that I had really high hopes for coming into the year I put money on him to win most improved player and that gentleman is Markel Fultz um, and he's been in and out of the lineup he did play in that Hawks game and this this moment in the game Peach. I don't know if it was the same for you. I had an existential crisis in this moment that Welt God brings up. He mm -hmm. inserted a video um, of a play in which Markel has the ball, kind of tries to get penetration, can't, passes it back out to Paulo, who then again tries to drive. He draws a lot of attention, passes it out to Markel Fultz, who has eight feet, I think, between him and Jalen Johnson. He's beyond the arc, something like that. Um, and he dribbles into a contested 18-footer to try to shoot over Jalen Johnson. And Walt God writes, okay, this is a problem. You can't pass up on open threes for a contested two. Like I said, existential crisis for me. I have been pushing. I have written articles on Orlando Magic Daily. I have said repeatedly on this, on this program, Let's, you know, get a contract for Markel Fultz. This is going to be a breakout year for him. I put money down on him to win most improved player. So I really thought that, you know, this is our guy moving forward. And I, I thought that because of what we saw in terms of the progression of his shooting towards the end of the year. The shot was a high release, and it, that high release was moving back to the three-point line. And I thought there was something real there. I thought we might be moving back towards – a Washington University of Washington, Markel Fultz in terms of the shooting, but uh, I think that was a little bit of a pipe dream, or the knee is really more of an issue than he's making it, and that is not allowing him to get a good base with his shot. I hope that's it potentially, because man, um, we 
the 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 scouting report is already out on us. Just clog the paint and and mm-hmm. and force the magic to shoot. And we yep. can't be passing up shots like this or else nothing is going to change. Even if you miss it, right. you got to take it. You got to at mm-hmm. least try to make the defense respect you out there. I yep. don't know, Paige, did this stick out mm-hmm. to you this moment? I, I agree because, you know, as a basketball player, I'm not a great outside shooter and I have a habit of doing this, right? Mm-hmm. I know that if I'm going to score, my best opportunity is to drive or yeah. shoot a, an inside jumper somewhere, you know, around the keys. Yeah. You know, three point line is not my jam. But if I'm in a situation like this where I'm that open, I will shoot the three because, and like basketball lore dictates if you're that open, you must shoot. Yes. I mean, unless you're Shaquille O'Neal or somebody who's like a center or somebody who doesn't ever shoot the three. If you're like, you know, under six, you're six feet and under, <laughs> under seven feet, you should be firing that ball because yeah. you're that open. And, and no one would get mad if you miss, mm. right? It yeah. would be the right basketball play to shoot that open a shot. That's yeah. why you run plays. Mm-hmm. The, the p- purpose of every play you run is to get someone an open shot. That's yeah. it. So to take it and run out of it, and run closer to a guy who's been blocking shots all night is not the best move. Like, so yeah, it's, it's concerning that he does that. And I feel like maybe he, that, that Markel from Washington days, it could be over. Like this could just be who he is now and what he does. And that's, that's tough because when you're seeing the rise of Anthony black, who might be able to surpass in some of the shooting areas. And once you become a shooting option, now you can drive by guys again, right? Because now people yeah. have to respect that you're out there. With Markel, they totally are fine giving him that much space because he's either A, not going to shoot it, or B, he's going to shoot it and miss. That And I, look, if I was defending us, I'd do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Who's, yeah. I mean, we've seen a lot of Magic basketball over the last few years. We know what our guys can do and can't do. Other teams know it too. So you got to adjust and adapt. He's got to start shooting that shot. Hopefully mm-hmm. they go in, but he has to at least start shooting those shots to demand they space the floor a little better. Cause look on this play right where this still is. Even if he drives into the middle, Franz is pretty open too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like, if you drive towards Franz's man and kick to Franz, because obviously he's a better three point shooter. All right. That's a good second option too. But in this case, it wasn't there. And you know what? It's super weird to look at Markel Fultz without the braids. I don't like the short hair look. <laughs> I think it's affecting him. I think it's having a Samson like effect on him. I think he needs a hair bag. A Samson-like effect. He's lost his power. He needs to grow it back immediately. Uh, you you teased it, Peach. I mean, this debate now is – I mean, it's it's not really – I think when Markel Fultz is ready, he's immediately back in the starting lineup just because of how, he, how he's a wizard with the basketball. But it's enough to get some chatter in the Magic community. And Orlando – or is it – yeah, Orlando Man 407 – put together this uh, masterful uh, Photoshop here of Marvel Civil War. It seems Magic fans are having another Civil War about the starting point guard of this team. But what say you? Who should start for this team? And it is Anthony Black and Markel Fultz in place of what? That's Iron Man and Captain America? Mm -hmm. I I don't know if I saw the film. I think I must have. I must have. I don't know if I saw the film. You know, I, I, again, I I think Orlando Magic, uh, Orlando Man is having a little fun here, but 
this is this is not unwarranted. And I don't want this to I don't want anyone in the comments, okay, coming at me and saying I'm a negative fan for having the debate and having fun. All right. This is what this team is about this year. Competition. That's how you elevate the team. This is a competition for the starting point guard role, and it's not a problem that we're on here having fun debating it and talking about it with uh, you know, me, a moron with a microphone. Um, and and it's it's unfortunate also because, Pish, I, I talked about this coming into this season, that there's so much um, duplicity in their skill sets. They're coming in as seemingly like pass-first, just talented, defensive, dribble-minded guards mm -hmm. who have a nice inside paint and they're very intellectual players, but the knock on both of them is that they cannot shoot the three. So right. you can't have them both on the floor at the same time uh, right now, as it seems, and that's why this becomes a competition. If one of them was shooting really well from beyond the arc, hey, we could say maybe both of these are guys are starting in the future or, or there can be lineups with both of them. But it doesn't open itself up to that because it seems like it's it's not a possibility right now. Peach, am I overreacting? Am I being a negative Nancy? Do you need to say? Do, do we need to call in, uh, call out Karen right now? Am I being? You stop it, Kyle. You're being too harsh on these young men. Just only be positive. I think it's still Markel's spot for sure. Um, <clears throat> AB's still still young, but. Yep. Um, the point you just made is right on. If it's if AB is going to start shooting the three and making it, and I heard somewhere on a podcast that he's shooting 50% this year, <laughs> uh, then if that's the case, then at some point they're going to be like, well, we got to go with the guy who will actually shoot and it's sometimes make the shot, right? Because if that's yep. the only real difference in their game, I'm not sure it is right now. But I mean, you know, I think Markel still has a lot more experience and knowledge that will help him out in there. But he yeah. does need to eventually add that better shooting prowess in there and become an offensive weapon. If they both aren't, they both can't be out there at the same time. We've done that with units before where we had Chumo Kiki out there and somebody else. And like, you know, okay, now we, we can only give the ball to two guys on offense. Like you need to have a second option because like you said, this is a competition all throughout our lineup. I'm going to talk about this a little bit later. We're trying to figure out what dudes are guys mm -hmm. that are going to be here for a championship run, right? Who are those dudes and where are they going to fit? And, and it could be that Kel is here, but he's the bench guy. It could be that he's the starter. And that's what we're trying to figure out this season. It's too small a sample right now, especially since he's missed some games. It's been only nine games. I wouldn't hand the, the reins to, to AB quite yet, but right. he's making a case for himself. You know, that's all you can ask yep. is he gets some time. He plays well enough to make you think about it. That's a good thing. You want that. We want that. We want the guy coming off the bench to be just as hungry and just as talented. And no matter who wins here, as long as they're both suiting up for the Orlando Magic, we all win. Ooh, I love it. I love it. But I do have a couple more points that I want to add, Pish. Ah, <laughs> such a good closing point. I know. I know it was. But as you were thinking, you made me – so many other juicy tidbits come up, came up, and I kind of wanted to summarize how I was feeling about this. All right, do your thing. May I? May I? Yeah, do do your thing. You can always we can always edit my point to come in last. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. Yeah, we'll edit it all together. It'll be a nice happy bow. Put a ribbon on it. I think when I'm looking at this right now, um, the factors that I'm I'm kind of weighing is what makes Markel so valuable is the veteran savvy that you uh, mentioned. 
Like there are times when we're losing games where we need kind of an adult in the room and we need someone to slow things down. You know, we got, we had so many turnovers in some of those games, uh, especially the couple that um, Markel was not in and we really missed him in those. And we needed that kind of that veteran presence. And he is, I think at this point, a little bit more creative on the ball than Anthony Black. He's, he's able to get to spots that no one else is. Now, on the side for Anthony Black, if you're going to argue why he should be in the lineup maybe right now, it's a couple things. Well, the defense is better. He's willing to shoot the three. We'll see if this is real or make-believe, this percentage. I don't think it's going to stay at 50%. But if he's willing to take it and it goes down once in a while as a set shooter, that's great. And then the other point I've seen that I I did want to give a little airtime to, and that's why I couldn't end on your tremendous point and your nice wrap-up, was it puts the ball in Paulo and Franz's hands a lot more because the usage right now of Anthony Black is so much lower than Markel Fultz and as much as I love Markel Fultz there is the argument of like yeah we want the ball in his hands because he's so creative he gets people open shots but on the flip side there's also we kind of want Paulo to be creating some stuff we want Franz to be creating some stuff we want them to get repetitions at that and with Anthony Black next to them He's more complimentary at this point in his career, and it provides a little bit more for that. And I thought that was a valid point that I, I saw brought up online. Not necessarily my point, but something I wanted to give voice to. And then Cole Anthony's over here like, hey, guys, I'm the one who can actually shoot threes. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the actual best fit <laughs> might be Cole Anthony, right. um, except for maybe that the other guys are better options on defense. Um, yep. But as far as from an offensive standpoint, you're right. I like Cole in there, and I think that's why he's in a lot closing games, right? Mm-hmm. He's the bucket. Yep. When he's hot, he goes to him. All right, are you ready for the other NBA teams interlude a part aspect of social media roundup, Peach? It's time to go around the league. <laughs> Here we go. The, the first one. <laughs> the first one, if you haven't seen it, um, run dash, just go drop everything you're doing right now. Check out the, uh, the Hawks post. They caught a little bit of ire for this. The Atlanta Hawks in trying to hype up the in season tournament released an only fans, a, a Hawks fans. Um, what is it? What would I call it? A parody of sorts piece where in it, they have their mascot in a bedroom, just, you know, very tantalizing. And there's a voiceover that says, only Hawks fans know where the real action is. Only Hawks fans know what they really want to see. Only Hawks fans know just where to get it. The all-new NBA in-season tournament. Join in and wake up your wild side. Hot five-on-five action. Yeah, and then DeJounte Murray <laughs> thought about it, looked at it, and went, wow, look at the size of that hawk. And then realized, man, delete this shit. <laughs> he was not a fan. Uh, not an only fan. It, it was a it was a fun ad campaign, but that campaign itself and this post and us talking about it right now are way sexier than the NBA in season tournament will ever hope to be. But we'll save my thoughts on that. Yes, later. that's coming later, Pish. Uh I I don't know. Yeah, some people were making a deal out of this. Uh, you know, Dejounte Murray doesn't. It's not a great look if your players are coming out against it and saying like, "Hey, this is kind of a distraction," and. We've seen this progression of the social media teams for a lot of teams around the league becoming much less buttoned up. It's more what social media kind of is supposed to be, which is 
very tongue in cheek, this kind of this alternate space to to do things silly. But, you know, mm-hmm. I think there is a good argument. You don't know who's following this. Tons of kids. Although, would a kids really get the reference? A child probably wouldn't understand the reference. They would know it's kind of lurid and maybe a little uh, salacious, but would they anybody who's old enough to have an instagram knows about it (laughs) like you you know what i mean even if you yeah you have your own instagram yeah you know at least know about it you may not have been but like you know you'd heard of playboy before you ever cracked one open as a kid right i mean for sure no you're right and my students tell me how their feet like all their feeds are just inundated with all types of like porn adjacent stuff not necessarily porn but it's all there's like tons of ads that kids are seeing in, in middle school, which is just, that's, that's the larger issue than maybe the Atlanta Hawks social media team here. Oh, the amount of people that add me on Instagram per my personal Instagram, yeah. and then like try to chat me up. And then eventually it's just, they're leading to their OnlyFans page. It just, I have to pretty much ignore everybody at this point. Like, and Twitter was the same way where people just try to slide in your DMS. Hey, check this site out. Hey, check that. So like you right. can block people, but it's like you're blocking six people a day. And it's yeah. just like, uh, it's a tidal wave. Just start over. Yeah. It's a tidal wave. So maybe we should just try to do business. I get it, but the kids can't, the kids can't get away from it. So just, uh, let's just start them all on porn early on. No, don't do that. That was horrible. Porn, porn has fucked my life up in certain ways. So, but that's a whole different, psychological check-in not for right now (laughs) but did you think this was too much i i it's good for our i know our demo we're like people who watch this show are mostly like 25 to 40 or something so this could be something for us maybe hey there's the cold open there it is we'll we'll film it after are you ready for some hot uh family action right now oh dude we can be step cousins dude steps are step is huge it's everyone's and, doing and this it. guy gets excited anytime he gets the opportunity to stimulate a nipple he gets <laughs> all excited <laughs> the male nipple is very sensitive and it doesn't get the attention that the female nipple does but it should okay not gonna argue that <laughs> <laughs> Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. The next one. (laughs) This one is really good. Peace. You posted this and I immediately started laughing. This one is is just taken from NBA on ESPN. And well, they reposted. Oh, they re. Oh, okay. They reposted it. It's the the throwback Minnesota Timberwolves logo. And if you're watching Mm -hmm. now on YouTube, you'll see it. And this guy, Ian Carmel, says, I like the Timberwolves retro logo, but it also looks like it just saw its crush agree to go to prom with a different guy. <laughs> Nailed you it. You can't unsee it. You can't unsee no, it. Yeah. I mean, I laughed so hard. This was, a, to be real, this was a toilet find. And I, <laughs> I think it may have laughed the shit right out of me. Um, <laughs> look at that, that. Look at that wolf. He's just like, oh. But James, we're supposed to be friends. And he's, oh, you know, like I've made that face. So I guess I identify. And my school colors were green and blue. So this really hits. Oh, shit, dude. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of psychological check-ins happening throughout. (laughs) And ironically, we were the Lakers, which are more common in Minnesota and started in Minnesota. Look at all those connections. Wow. Well, thanks for posting this piece. That just gave me a laugh. If you're if you're listening, make sure you watch on YouTube. Okay, watch, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Get mm. this absurd content to more people. I mean, 
Shouldn't this be everywhere? Shouldn't we be famous by now, Peach? Come on, second cousins, help us out. <laughs> We're famous in our parents' houses. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Another around the league. This one is leading into some in-season tourney talk. It is from the court for the Miami Heat. And I hope that you put this on here to make fun of it, Peach. This is the inside the paint of Miami's new heat culture court. It's the paint. It is the painted area of the basketball floor court. And it's a whole quote. It has hardest working, best condition, most professional, unselfish, toughest, meanest, nastiest team in the NBA. They must have been okay. in their emotions like uh, Jimmy Butler yeah. on uh, <laughs> media day or something. I mean, listen, I, I've been pretty fortunate through, you know, work or just knowing people. I've been able to go inside some of professional sports locker rooms and see what's in there. This is the kind of stuff that should be inside the locker room. You know, this is up yeah. on that wall that's in your locker room. That's the players only area or something. You know what I mean? Like only the trainers and the coaches and the players maybe go in. That's where you write stuff like this. You don't write it on your key. And if, if you did do something like this, one would have to argue that this probably belongs to the Detroit Pistons of the, of Bad the boys. 80s and 90s. Yeah. Because, and this would have fit their mantra at the time. So if it was ever going to be done, it should have been done by the bad boy Pistons because that's what they were going for, the nastiest team in the NBA. Nowadays, if anyone even breathes in an area that <laughs> makes them seem nasty, they get hit with a technical foul. Right. And then we have to figure out whether it's a flagrant one or a flagrant two. So the fact that the league is even allowing them to write this on the court sends a very weird message to me. And I think if you're just putting a huge target on yourself, which the Heat don't need to do, especially with such a new team. They lost a lot of that team that, that went to the finals last year. They're trying to put stuff together down there. Like, I, I don't know. I just don't, this doesn't belong in the paint of an NBA court. I don't care what your heat culture message is that stays in the locker room that stays with the team. There shouldn't be written out there. And the NBA shouldn't have allowed them to write something like that on the court when you're trying to cut down on the fighting and the scrapping and all of the, the, the shit talking. So yeah. why let them write this on the, in the key? Yeah, it, seem, it seems a little thirsty to me, Peach. It seems a little bit like an overzealous dating profile. Like, you don't need to say it if you are it, you know? You do, you know you're not over there on Hinge or whatever it is, your preference. And I'm like, I'm cool. No, I'm really cool. Like, hang out with me. I've got a really nice penis. I've got, you know, money. I'm, I'm great. You know, trust me. It's like, yeah, that's fucking desperate, man. What do you... If you have it, you you got it. If you got it, just it'll it'll right. exude from you. You don't need to fucking tell everybody about it. Mm -hmm. it don't like talk don't about, it. about it. Right. You know what I mean? Like so yeah. just just do it with your play. And yeah. if this is written in your locker room and this comes out in a story, right? Like yeah. that you're living what you wrote on the story of the wall inside, then it's way better than when you write it on the key and our first round exit in the playoffs. I hope Paulo Bencaro just yams on somebody and flexes on him like on this quote, and then we can get a nice aerial shot of it or something that would mm. make my day. That's, and that's why I don't want to put that bullseye on yourself, but the heat <laughs> will learn. <We'll> see. <laughs> um, someone else that's, uh, that hasn't learned actually, this is the last one. This was amazing. 
the Mavs announcer, if you have not seen this, try to find this somewhere, just absolutely, his name is Brian Damaris, went in on James Harden after I think the Mavs dismantled the Clippers. And you could tell this was pent up for a while. And he said it, I mean, so articulately, just laid out, just use James Harden, just said facts, just said the factual timeline of James Harden's career and the absurdity that his is his request and was his request from Philadelphia to leave because they didn't appreciate him and he didn't have enough control. Bro, you had like one of the highest usages in the entire league. You had the ball in your hands all of the time. You were the guy next to the MVP, by the way, the best player in the league who you should have just been focused on just making him great and using him as the vehicle to drive that. It was beautiful. He hit on like you, the, you wanted Dwight Howard. You got Dwight Howard. You chased him out. You wanted Chris Paul. You chased him out. You wanted to go to the Nets, play with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. You fucked that up. You got traded then to Philadelphia to reunite with your long lost love and Daryl Morey. And then you fucked that up. And then he, you hate him now. And now you're, but you know who I blame for this Peach? The Clippers. All right. Like screw Balmer, you know, he loves his team, and it's, this is getting him this it's too much passion. It's too much overzealousness now, and it's gotten into a bad spot. This isn't going to work, man. How? Wh- why do you need – we say we have a freaking log jam at the guard position, and we have a bunch of guys who are still developing. You know who all four of those players are. You know who Russell Westbrook and James Harden and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are. It, it's not that's not an assemblage of a winning roster and you gave up another didn't they give up another first round pick or something or at least a first round pick swap like why why do you know he's just gonna want to be out next year i thank you brian damaris thank you so much much love sir <clears throat> yeah i i'm i've probably recommended people check things out a time or two on this show mm-hmm. uh this is a must-see. If you have not seen this or heard his exact rant all the way through, because of the articulation and because he doesn't have the freedom to swear, yeah, <laughs> you could tell. But this was a well. I mean, he I wanted to swear. If, if, if he could have, he yeah, would have. <laughs> yeah, he would have. Yeah, exactly. But I don't know if James Harden did something to his family or what. Yeah. But like this guy just womb, and it seems out of pocket. But like you're saying, it's all facts. It's all straight facts. And to to be honest. When he left Houston to go to Brooklyn, I already felt this way. Yeah. So now he's gone. Yeah. To, now he's gone to Philadelphia, and now L.A. for the Clippers as well. And now it's like this is being said, and it's like, yeah, man, I've been on this for a while. Like I would never want this guy on my team. He's not a winning dude. The only like winning player they have on that team is honestly Kawhi because he's won with San Antonio, he's won with Toronto, and if he's healthy, he's arguably one of the best players in the NBA. Uh, but I don't know if that collection of guys around him is going to be enough. He's the system. You're the system, bro. You have you have the balls, the temerity to say you're the system, dude. Your system hasn't won shit. So why don't you think about getting yourself into someone else's system that yeah. can fucking win, dude? Like, stop thinking you're the shit when like your best years are past you. You don't really play a lot of great defense anymore, and you're a chump, dude. Everybody, you're laughing stock. If you're not on one of, the, if you're not currently on this team, there's a good chance you don't like James Harden because right. he kind of goes to teams, ruins the culture because it has to be his way or the highway. 
and system. And look, these are some years when the Sixers could have been winning championships, right? They mm-hmm. actually had a process, a, pro- a process in place, right? That they yeah. wanted people to trust. And this guy came in and fucked it up with his system. <laughs> and it's like, so, I, you know, I, I don't really care for the Sixers, so I can't say I feel bad yeah. for them. But well, they, as, they've as done team, nothing but win build something. since they've gotten rid of them. They're like seven and one. They're number one in the Eastern Conference. And the Clippers have lost four in a row since they got them. Start looking at yourself, as as Brian Demera says. I think you're the problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and that this is like a little hometown cooking for you now, Peach Dallas. This is a proud moment for you. Kind of. Yeah. Well, I haven't met this guy, but yeah. um, or, or seen any of his games because because unfortunately the Dallas teams down here are covered by Bally's. And mm-hmm. Bally's down here isn't something that appears on YouTube TV. It's like a separate channel I have to buy. So like oh. it's an app that I have to buy and then download and watch, which I have not done. So I don't, right. I don't even see the Dallas Stars play any road games. Well, I only see at, them play home games because I go to the game. No, I was gonna say I don't feel bad for you. You're at every home home game. <laughs> no, but like the Mavs played the the Magic, and right. I couldn't come home and watch that game on Bally's because mm-hmm. I don't have Bally's. I don't know why they hide their teams on these irregular channels. Right? Okay, I didn't watch any regular season Rangers games either. It's like, hey man. You think I'm paying twenty bucks a month for a friggin' another channel? another channel? Come on, bro. <laughs> Stay tuned for our next podcast. Uh Ice Cousins. Dallas Stars coverage. Ice Cousins would be fire, bro. We can get some good guests <laughs> on there. <laughs> All right. This isn't a magic this is an Orlando magic show, so we'll get back to some magic now. A couple more posts to finish this out before we go into fill in the blank this is a monster piece we've already been going for 45 minutes we're going to go for another 45 it feels like this is some good content that we're pushing out here yeah all right well okay maybe not peach is getting tired <laughs> well since the writer strike is over now like i said we can uh it's a yeah. better show now yeah <laughs> all those people that we pay all the writers we pay are back on they were complaining about their unions no i'm very very pro labor <laughs> just want to set that out there <laughs> Okay. Well, yeah, All right, here we go. You have to, otherwise you're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Woke. All right, here we go. Joey, yeah, I don't want to call out Karen on me. You are you Aunt Kyle? <laughs> okay. Get back and out of there, Karen. Fuck. Okay, here we go. Uh Joe Engel's post. Another one from Welt God, mm. the man, the myth, the legend. Gotta have him on the show again sometime soon. Is it possible that for the first time ever, every single magic fan is correct and Joe Ingles is actually good? while simultaneously also being Cheeks. And this is uh, a- an office meme. Oh, thank you, Peach. Now I can't freaking read the meme. Uh- <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't see it as it was. I was trying to blow it up, but it wouldn't let me make it bigger. This is, I, I'm not I'm not super familiar, but you know they're being provided two options in the office. Corporate needs you to find the difference between this picture and this picture. And one is mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Ingles, five assists, three boards, three steals, one block, and plus 27. This must have been in like the Lakers game or something. But also one for six from the field, dad bod, zero aura. Um, and um, who's this character, Peach? What's her name? This is Pam. Pam. On, She's saying they're the same <laughs> picture. Sorry, dude. I know. Hey, that. If you're going to crack on me for not watching enough Magic games, I'm going to crack on you for not watching enough other stuff. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. I earned that. Um, you have something to say on this one, Peach? Uh, 
Well, I love this meme. I've always loved this meme. But yeah, I think these are the same thing, right? I mean, this is why you look at Joe Ingles and you're like, that's an NBA basketball player? Doesn't look like one, as you said on your wrap-up the other day, which was a funny one. He moves at a minivan pace, right? <laughs> but but, minivan, but minivans, minivans are, are they're great. They're great utility vehicles, right? You yeah. got a lot of stuff to move. You got a lot of kids. You got to throw them all in the back and get to soccer practice. Boom. Minivan. It gets you there, right? Gets you there safely. Uh, you know, it doesn't get you there fast, but it gets you there. It gets you there. So there's going to be a little of the good with the bad with that. It's part of the reason you can get them on a cheaper contract too, right? Because you can always yeah. point to the right card and be like, eh, how's that body fat, right? It, 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 how's that working? I, but, but he does a lot of stuff. And I, I think in particular, when you see him on the court, he just looks like that, like you'd said um, with Markel, uh, a grown up on the court. Right. And that's the way I feel about him on the court in the last few games I've seen is I'm like, ah, Joe's out there. Like there's, if things get out of control for a second, Joe will kind of settle things down because he wants it back on that minivan pace. And that's tough. That's tough for a lot of young players to do. We saw that with Jalen Suggs when he broke in everything, he was going too fast, right? Mm. He needed to slow down a little bit and let the game come to him, which he's kind of doing, but Joe kind of has that effect on the whole team. So I, I, I like the meme. It doesn't, I bet Joe wouldn't be offended by it. I bet he'd be like, yep. <laughs> oh, mate. That's good, mate. <laughs> Sorry, Australians. Yeah, that's Sean. Sorry, Jay. Sean is a lot like me, yeah? Yeah. Uh, I wish I had 13 points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Joe wasn't ever brought in here to be f- filling the stat sheet. Right? right. He was brought in here to be that veteran, to be that guy that's the adult on the court. <laughs> Job well done. Yeah. No, he's definitely he's he's putting all the kids in the minivan. You're right. It is an apt metaphor. Thank you for making it into an extended metaphor. I really do appreciate mm-hmm. that, Patience. Well, you started it. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, but you you kept it going, and that makes this English teacher's heart just just fly with joy. You know, looking at Joe Ingles here, nine games, Peach. He's shooting 22 percent from the field, 23 percent from the three point line. Um, there's nothing, nothing that's gonna pop, pop off the the stat sheet. He has not been shooting the three ball well, and that's really one of the biggest things that we hope to get from Joe Ingles. I wrote an extensive article about what I thought Joe Ingles was gonna bring to the Orlando Magic, and it was mostly come some of that like ambiguous culture stuff. He he when you know in games when. People are starting to get frustrated. Maybe we have a turnover, a call doesn't go our way. He's the guy to call everyone into the huddle, calm people down, get people set into a nice half-court offense, which I think will also play off, pay off if we get into the playoffs as well because, as you know, everything kind of slows down to that mini minivan pace. It becomes much more of a half-court game, and we kind of struggle in the half-court sets probably because of our shooting um, and people just jamming the paint on us. But he at least is he's motioning to people, getting people moving, and him on the ball is much more delightful than I thought it would be. Um, mm. When he he's getting he's getting people the rock in open positions, he's had some nifty passes. I'm just hoping you know that he it's not as cheeks as it has been in terms of some of the productivity that we're seeing from mm. Joe Ingles. And I mean, this guy's supposed to be a forty percent shooter from beyond the arc. He's it's he's seen a couple go down, but damn, he's like what twenty? What did I just say? Twenty something? That's that's got to come. I, up. I don't know. I got to use my time out here on cheeks. I don't okay. understand. I, I'm not familiar with this reference. Yeah. I can tell because of my English background that it's meant in a negative way here. But why are we using cheeks as a negative now? Is that a thing? 
People are. Mm. Yeah. Um. It, it's yeah. It's when you when you stand when you're no good at something, your cheeks at it. Yeah. Cheeks as in the butt, but like I right. thought butt was good. Are we not? Are we, do we not like big butts anymore? Are we lying about it? What's going on? It's a context thing because you can say, "Oh, I'm getting some cheeks." You know, I'm about to go get clap some cheeks over here, and that's a very right. positive that's connotation. I, okay. That that I've heard, right? So yeah, that, that makes sense to me. Context matters. So, I mean, that's it, what we're learning. I, I, yeah, I guess. I, if you're gonna go, just say something's ass or say something's butt. And then it sounds, it sounds a little more like the negative than cheeks sounds positive. You got to clap the cheeks. You got to, you know, yeah. I, I don't know. To me, I'm not familiar with that one, but that's, you're that's right. It should, piece, we should, we should have a, like a MAGA perspective, make ass great again. Like we don't want ass to ever go into a negative space. I appreciate ass that. Ass is in a positive space right <laughs> now in the world. People are talking about, you know, look, I, I'm, they're dining on it. I mean, they're, they're, people seem to be, I mean, the ass is, 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 higher than maybe it's ever been before yeah well as it should be in my not, opinion not since jorge mirson has an ass been so high but i feel like this it, it's just that's what makes it weird to me like all of a sudden we're using that term as a negative when like everyone's speaking so highly of the ass and ass play and ass things like so <laughs> this seems odd yeah you definitely spent a year with me talking high on ass play all right <laughs> i think you're just talking about me okay maybe maybe it's not everybody else i don't know I'm not going to take a survey, though. <laughs> I've been here six months. I'm trying to stay longer. Yeah. If I start asking at work about it, I'll be out. <laughs> we'll, we'll ask the Hawks social media uh, team to put out a survey on, on Twitter. <laughs> all right. All right. Joe Ingles. So, you know, are, is he continuing to get playing time for you, Peach? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, there's he no... does until there's some better option off the yeah. bench to come in and do the things he does. He's right. like you said, he's a, he's a great passer and he mm. definitely does a lot of those little things that, you know, our bench squad needs with still right. a lot of young guys trying to find their spot in their role. Yeah. He's his three point shooting will improve. He's still of coming course. back off an injury. He's still trying to work himself back into his game shape and that will come back. And when that comes back, it'll probably make more of a difference in the stat sheet on a night to night basis. Okay, last thing. Last thing, Pish. Let's go to our boy Franz Wagner. Franz Wagner. It's a little love from NBA Europe. Swipe right to see Franz being Franz, and it's a nice compilation of the stats from the German Wunderkid. Yes, Franz, we love you. And I need I just need to apologize to Franz, you know. I, I I realized it this morning, Peach, after cutting that recap last night, that I just, I just, I didn't even mention Franz in the recap. You did not. I talked about Moritz. I talked about Paulo. I talked about J- mm-hmm. Jalen, AB. Did not talk about Franz. I think in a previous one, I just did not talk about Franz. He's not been on top of mind for me. He, I think that's because he's been having a little bit of a rocky start shooting the ball. Just, you know, not, not his numbers. I don't think Will Hill end the year, but. I said at the beginning of this year in a in a group chat, Franz Franz is our best scorer. That's that's my opinion right now, as of right now, um, because he's a three level scorer. He can do so much around the basket. Those euro steps to either side, the high kiss off the glass, that's just unblockable. He does that against seven footers routinely. You cannot stop that. Really dangerous in the paint. He has a lot more off the dribble than most got most six ten guys. That's in large part because of the injuries last year, he got so much on ball time. So that is one of the positives of that very tough start to 22, 23. 
and and he has that shot. We've seen it go down um, in FIBA. We've seen it the step back. He's got the shot from beyond the arc. I'm excited. He started putting it together last night. What did he have? 20, 20 points, twenty two, something like that. Yep, twenty two. He, he's on the up. He's putting it together. I think everyone's putting it together right now. And I just needed to make a public service announcement, an apology, <laughs> sir, to Mister Franz Boogie Wagner. Yeah, I think the great thing about this post that stood out to me is this isn't the Orlando Magic putting this post out. It's not HQ. It's not six-man show. It's not us. It is NBA Europe. Yeah. Right? Now, I know that's you know a small por- smaller portion of guys to choose from, but the statement of them saying Franz being Franz, now it's out there in the collective that everybody knows what Franz being Franz is, right? This is mm-hmm. part of how guys get on the map and start to get voted on for all-star games and things of that ilk. This is part of that, that changing over, which you love to see. I've yeah. saw a couple places while I was looking for social media stuff, people talking about, you know, Paulo as being probably in the all-star game this year. Those are the kind of stuff you start to see pop up around and people start talking about this and that. And you start to realize that, yes, this is the respect that's coming. And I'll tell you what, you're not mentioning of him in a way is sort of respect because Franz is just being Franz mm. and you're just like status quo. Right. Mm. Well, thank you so, for spending that in my direction. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, that's the way I feel about it. Sometimes you don't appreciate the guys that are balling out the Paulos and the Franzes as much because you expect them to drop 20 and 10 a game. Right. And then, so you focus on the, wow, Morris came in, he had 19 points. That's amazing. Yeah. You know, because that is the thing that, that kind of, you don't always have that's, bumping you over the top but don't forget to shed some some love on our team and i'll tell you this right now i didn't know how i was going to wedge this in the show but i'm wedging it in here there was a security guard working for us the other day covering stars practice and we started talking about hoop and i was excited to talk hoop with him for a second and he was talking about the mavericks how they won a game the other night against the orlando magic but then he said those guys aren't any good and i said whoa sir <laughs> you better step back because you don't know what you're talking about right now he's like well what do they got on their team bull bull and i was like i walked away <laughs> i walked away i'm like this guy thinks bull bulls i had to come back because yeah i had, had to, to educate for work yeah. oh, oh i'm at work I had oh, to okay back. yeah yeah but, so i came back and then i was just like you know bull bull is not even on the magic anymore he's <laughs> on the suns and, and he sits on their bench and does nothing and he's like oh really and i'm like yeah that means you've only seen highlights of the Orlando Magic because he would make a couple highlights a game that were weird and you thought he was a good player, but he stinks. He has no effort and he doesn't have the ability. If he had a skill, if he had the drive, then he'd be Victor Wembanyama. I know yeah. I heard Shaq talking about that a while back, but you know he does have that skill set. He just doesn't seem to have any drive or care to improve or work on his game or actually do things correctly, but that's that's who he was. So please do not think Bull on the Magic anymore. And look, I, I tend to lean a little casual myself, but I know who's on what team. <laughs> and to think Bull Bull was a factor, if that's the only name that he came out with from yeah. the Orlando Magic, I'm pissed. No. But he's obviously not the target demo. He's casualing <laughs> way hard than you would ever desire to casual there, Peach. He may I have brought that. me out of the casual cave, my guy. <laughs> You're like, hold on, I need to correct all this. That's <laughs> yeah. hilarious. Lean casual. <laughs> All right. Well, that is the social media roundup. Thank you, everyone, for your interesting and insightful or just downright funny posts about our beloved Orlando Magic. Some people, you know, out there, we much appreciate. 
people giving us the at core underscore cousins on either Instagram or Twitter. It makes our job easier. You heard Peach saying he was trying to dig. Some people added us early in the week um, after the last show. Um, keep doing that because we, we need to see this stuff. We need to get it on the show. So maybe we'll end up. If you, if you hit us up, we greatly appreciate it. Make our job easier. Thank you. All I'm right, not Peach. on uh, the X Twitter anymore, so I don't get right. anything from there. You're, you're just, completely off? I am done with it. I just, it's then such a, a better world for me not being on there. And I know I'd had some friends who would also done the same thing. Yeah. And I just feel like for my mental space, it's just good to not be on there. Like I kind of miss it for content stuff for the show. I like to be able to pull up a tweet from time to time, but yeah, it, it's uh, I get stuck in there and then I start arguing with people and shit, and it's just mm -hmm. a road I don't need to go down. So well, I don't. That's good. Hey, know your boundaries. That's a, another. There's so many pearls throughout this damn show. Um, yeah, I, I gotta keep, I gotta keep social media off my phone. I just do it on the computer, Dora. Um, yeah, team isn't the only one that just got back from Mexico City. Your boy is bilingual. No, I'm sorry, I'm not at all. Try to be. Did you go to Mexico City? Well, that's where the game was. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I put, sprinkled a little Spanish earlier in the show. I brought up Computadora right now. People, mm -hmm. I want people to know I'm worldly, all right? I'm cultured. Right. I know things. Right. Yeah, that's why they keep coming back. Been, you've been overseas, and then you come back and tell everybody, it's actually pronounced croissant. <laughs> You're that guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm the pretentious asshole. All right. Here we go. I'm also an English teacher, so I'm I'm getting my him rubbing my hands in excitement over this one, Peach. Fill in the blank that portion of the show where we say a statement, but there is a word or a phrase missing, and we must do exactly what the name says. Fill in the blank. Peach, you ready to get started on this one? Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Um, it's a little ways off, but still, it's always good to talk about team creation, team formation, what this team's going to look like moving forward. It was, you know, a lot of people talking about last offseason, hey, I think this isn't the one. Next next year might be the time when we make a big move, when we start seeing this unit coalesce a little bit more now that we're going to be out of the lottery. Please, God, let us be out of the lottery. So the first fill-in-the-blank of today's show is Peach. The most tradable guy not named Jonathan Isaac before the deadline is blank. Before I fill in this blank, mm -hmm. I made this. And yep. the reason that I put not named J.I. is because, get ready, about to heap some praise on J.I., a rare thing on the show. Wow. But J.I., the <laughs> basketball player on the court, has mattered more this season than yeah. I've ever seen him matter before. So he is starting to actually matter to me. Because, mm. wow, look at the way this guy can play. Look at the things he can do. We saw that small sample last year where I just got a taste, right? And it was mm -hmm. like, ooh, mm. throwing the ball in the front of the yard with dad could be fun. <laughs> but then he left again. But I'm loving what I'm seeing him do. And it's the big man shit that we've needed. And his defensive play is kind of reminded me of another guy, except for he's tall enough to actually block the shots and do the things that this guy can't do. So my most tradable guy, not named J.I. before the deadline, is Wendell Carter Jr. No. Hear me out. Hear no. Me out. Hear me out. Because I know this is probably what, this is what I'm referencing when I'm saying no. hot take. 
here. Well, now we have just reserved ourselves to looking at our staff and being like, oh, we got Wendell there. We're good. We got Markel at point guard. We're good. But at some points, you need to take a look and see where are places we could make an upgrade, right? Where are places we can make an upgrade? And Wendell's got that beautiful contract, right? That's an awesome yeah. contract. A yeah. lot of teams would love that. But yeah, I would love like, yeah. a player that stays on the court more often and that can deliver on a more regular basis. Wendell, he goes out there. He's solid, right? Like yeah. he's solid. Very but good. Is he is he going to jump into that upper echelon that will pop us into the finals cat, cat, you know, conversation in three or four years? Will he? I don't know. Maybe. Will he be on the court enough? I don't know. I'm not saying J.I. is an adequate replacement. I was going to say. No yeah. more games than him. <laughs> you're you're using J.I. to make this if, point? I am because I'm saying that, like, we need a person that's going to do what J.I. is doing and what Wendell Carter has kind of done, but, like, with the ability to jump up a level, right? Like yeah. somebody that can either ask or somebody that's already escalated, somebody that's up there. And if we're looking for a piece that other teams might want, they would want that kind of production out of that position. And so Wendell might be that piece that we need to upgrade that piece to be a final championship contender. In my mind, he's, I don't think he's the starting guy on a champ on an NBA finals team right now, from what I've seen. And it, because, because he's in and out of the lineup so much, that is part of it. I love Wendell. You know, I'm a big Wendell guy. I've yeah. spoken about him several times on the show and how much I like him. But because these players are on your team, sometimes you like them too much. Like when everybody liked Vucevic or when everybody liked Fournier, it's like, hey, yeah, they're nice guys. They're cool. They're the best players on our team. That's great. But is this team going to win anything with these guys? And at some point you have to start to realize who are those dudes, right? Who yeah. steps up in the clutch? Who steps up when we're playing somebody other than the Chicago Bulls? So I'm starting to just look at that and go, where are places we need to make upgrades? It was not Franz. It's not Paolo, right? We've got some yeah. options at point guard swinging in and out. Suggs is looking like he's stepping into the shooting guard role. but mm. And, you know, yeah. we've been doing a rotating thing with the Gogas and the Moritzes. And, you know, now we've got J.I. doing some of the big man shit we need done. But we need a guy that will do that shit on the reg. Right. Yeah. I'm not sure if you get him in in a trade at the deadline. I'm just saying, let's not let's not not consider the idea of taking this piece that we got in in a, in a complete steal of a trade and parlaying that into even more. Because I think it's a possibility that some other teams would be willing to take that shot on. But I know it's controversial. You go ahead and <sighs> fill in your blank or respond to me. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to say I'm going to just be able to rationalize this point in my mind, in my heart, by saying you're just trying to help the Magic community cope ahead. Because ahead on the road, we are going to have to come in contact with the reality that one of these players that we love will not be on the team. And it's going to be because of a contract fitting situation or a play style or an upgrade, whatever it may be. And you're just trying to get my heart, my poor ginger heart ready for the breaking that could occur. And and I appreciate you making me reflect on that piece. So thank you for helping me cope ahead. Um, I'm assuming that we're already ruling out guys like Caleb Houston and Chuma OKK and Gary Harris for this. We've been trading Gary Harris for like four years. So I don't even, I don't think he's ever going to get traded. Um, Kevon, like those types of guys, I'm going to stick with rotational guys who are playing or, you know, 
I guess, you know, Gary Harris is a rotational guy. I would say that as my easy answer. But if I'm going to go with the hot take, I'll go back to the Civil War and I'll say Markel Fultz. Okay. I will say Markel Fultz. Now, it's not very tradable because he becomes a free agent, um, a restricted free agent at the end of this year. So you'd have to agree to some type of sign and trade, which would just be, again, heartbreaking. But we're coping forward and we're trying to think about where the next level of this team is. So please don't you know, devour me in the comments, ladies and gentlemen, by saying I, I hate any of these players. I'm trying to think about, you know, there is a, there's got to be some give at some point here. And just like we talked about earlier in the show, there's a lot of duplication between the skill sets of Anthony Black and Markel Fultz. And, you know, well, if, you got, if you're forcing my hand and I, it, it, fill in the blank, I have to do it, ladies and gentlemen. I can't not do it. So maybe that. Maybe that it's most script. tradable guy, not named J.I. I mean, yeah. it's that it's one of those things where you're building a team. Right. And like, mm-hmm. if you've ever done this in the video games, you'll be like, oh, I want to take a really crappy team and see if I can make them into a championship contender. You probably don't win it the first year, but you, you try to get some guys on your teams that are 70s overall, 75s. Right. Then by year two, you're like, I got to get some guys that are in the 80s. Right. You keep always trying to make your team better. And there's two ways your team gets better. Either somebody you drafted blossoms out of nowhere, the Giannis Antetokounmpo effect of sorts, or, you know, in our case, it would be have to be like, yeah, right. It has to happen like that. Or it has to be like, you know, somebody you've drafted a bunch of guys like AB and Franz and, you know, it's happening for us a little Mm -hmm. bit. But that has to coincide with then you can also bring in a free agent from outside or make a trade for someone solid to come in to, to really cap you off. Somebody who's like in the eighties, that's going to just fill out your roster nicely. Another scoring option. There's lots of ways to build teams, but getting better all the time is what you need to do. And even though I love Wendell and you, I know you love Markel. That must've yeah, hurt for you. Get to the say. Jersey right over but, there. But if we're thinking about a, a tradable guy that is, somewhat well, replaceable because of the skill sets we have on our team and also because we respect that they have a lot of trade value. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. We know that some team would come forward with something legit for Wendell or, yeah. or, or for Markel. I feel like more for Wendell because well, of the beauty that of contract. contract. Yeah. That. But, but that's part of it, right? That's yeah. a big part of it. If you can get that kind of production out of somebody for that amount of money, you, you do want that. Yeah. So I, I think, will it happen? Probably not. No. But if I had to, that's it's just a thought that started to creep into my mind as I watched him not in the lineup and as I watched J.I. and Goga and Moritz kind of doing a decent little thing on their own. Yeah. No, you know, it's we're we're gonna have to cope ahead, Magic fans. All right. Gotta cope ahead. Okay, we're not gonna let's let's keep it moving. Let's go on to the next fill in the blank, sir. Um let's go to oh, I guess we're we're starting negative. I prom but I promised the fill in the blanks are gonna get they're gonna get more positive in just a moment. Oh, I thought we were doing positive first. We're going. No, right I'm gonna go. Yeah, let's Put go. The battery let's, around. Let yeah, let's just like keep everyone down, and then we'll lift them up. You know, break them down like the Marines, and then build them back up. Um, okay. So this one, here we go. The biggest disappointment this season has been. Shoot, my answer is gonna be exactly the same. It was Markel Fultz. Is it? That's that, what yours is. That's I mean the the play of Markel Fultz. I and I think that may have more to do with the knee, but. Again, I mean, I've, I said this earlier. I put money on this man to win most improved player. I was expecting Markel to be coming out of the gate scoring close to 20 points a game. What's your money, though? Five bucks, ten bucks? You know, yeah, well, we don't need to embarrass me on the <laughs> internet. Yes. I don't, I, I, 
<laughs> I never put although, you know, I did put I put a hundred on our over and wins and then I put like another eighty on us to get forty wins. So I'll I'll put it out there sometimes. Ooh. But right, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Here we go. Um here, I'll I'll say Markel Fultz for now and just that play, only because my expectations were hot so high. I'll listen to your fill in the blank and then maybe I'll have another I'll think another one up. Okay. My my biggest disappointment honestly has been um managing J.I.'s time on the on the on the court. Oh. We did talk about it a little bit last show, but for me, I'm just like, yo, is this guy ready to go or not? Because I was mm-hmm. told all offseason he was. We see him doing all the pre preseason stuff, and I feel like, all right, he's part of this team now and do this thing, but then he still feels like he's being restricted, right? And it's like, is he good to go or not? Because he looks like one of the most in shape dudes I've ever seen in my life, right? Like that dude right. is ripped, yeah. he's yoked, he looks ready to go. Like I get that, you know, yeah, maybe he's not ready to play 30 minutes in a game right off the get-go, who is in an off after an offseason, by the way. But at this point, he should really be the starting one, I think, probably. Like, And I, I get that you love what he brings off the bench and how you can mix him in, and maybe Mose is more excited about that. And I know that he likes to keep his rotations the same. Right. So a lot of times what he'll do is he'll keep that bench guy in the bench role and move somebody else completely wacky into the starting lineup just so that like Goga, the, yeah. flow st- the flow st- stays the same. And I get that. Right. But I think, look, this is from your mind and the minds of many other Magic fans for years. If J.I. is back and he's healthy, how the fuck is he not in the starting lineup? Especially when Wendell Carter is out. Yeah. Okay, there's well, yeah. nobody else to make the case for. Before when Wendell's there, my respect goes to Wendell, despite what you just heard me say in the last one. <laughs> but with him out, it's got to be J.I., right? And it, look, J.I. has done nothing to prove to me that he will be anything less than great when he goes out there especially defensively offensively it's coming along, but he's added the three point shot. He's, he's doing some other things. He's rebounding like a mother. I just want more of it. Right. Mm. I want to see if this guy is good to go because at some point when that trade deadline comes around, if he's playing amazing, like he's been playing, well then yeah, Wendell feels a little more expendable. Right. But if he's not, then ship him out because he's, we've got to make a decision on him at some point this year that would tie up a lot of money. So we need yeah. to see a bigger size of what he can do. And if he can't give you 28 minutes a night, yeah. I don't, we don't want that. Yeah. So let's get him out. Let's see what he can do. Right. Like at some point when you're fixing something, right. You, you fix it up at some point, you just put it back out there and you, you go, I, all right. You, you a little bit fingers crossed, right. You just kind of hope it keeps working, but if it doesn't, then you need to buy a new one. Right. Yeah. So let's have that mindset and see what he can do. Let him be out there. Don't just put it in sporadically and take it out and, and baby it forever. I mean, let this scrum man play. Yeah. He's not a collectible, you know, we're not. <laughs> yeah. Right. You don't have to put it back in the package. Like, let's go. Let's see what he, see what he's got. This is what he's paid to do is play basketball. He hasn't been able to do it for so long. And now apparently he's healthy and he's still kind of being held back. And that's frustrating because I was kind of told in the off season that that wasn't going to happen anymore. Yeah, I I think you you're persuading me that my biggest disappointment this season has been the uh, the Groundhog Day injury bug. Like we're not even nine games in, and we have Wendell with a broken finger. We've got our starting point guard again, Markel Fultz, out with uh, tendonitis in the knee. Gary Harris mm-hmm. is out with what? I don't even is it his groin. Some it it's just we've already got a few guys. Three of our probably ten rotational players who are now out and and that's a bummer and I think it 
it plays though in it does lead into this a little bit counterintuitively maybe a little bit of a, a paradox of sorts blank has been a positive surprise this season and i'll say the the play of you know anthony black of Goga Batate has been the positive surprise this season of Moritz Wagner. These guys that are being called on to do more. And so maybe the depth has been the positive. I don't know if it's a surprise, um, but the big positive for me this year, because mm. last year I thought our depth was, you know, one of our strongest suits and it just wasn't quite ready yet. It, I was wrong. Um, and people got really, we got really injured. But this year, even having, again, three out of our rotational top 10 guys out, we're having guys come in and not just fill those roles, but excel in those roles. I love what Goga has been doing on the boards. He brings something way different than Wendell. Definitely not as, as much of a facilitator on the offensive side, doesn't move his feet as well, can't guard all the positions that Wendell guards. But what does what Goga does bring is a little bit of rim protection. He blocks shots at the house. Um, and, and people have to think about it when they come in against Goga Patate. And I like that about him. <laughs> Not Giannis Antetokounmpo. <laughs> no, yeah, oh, that was sad. I did have that written down in my show recap, and I did not um, remember to say it. That was a tough moment for Goga. There's going to be at least three good angles for a Giannis poster that feature Goga. Yeah. <laughs> but so that, Hopefully he gets some residuals. I don't know. When you go to block shots, that'll you're, you're going to get dunked on. You're going to get dunked on. And the silver lining again of the Groundhog Day injury bug is Anthony Black has been getting some minutes because we talked about the problem of where's the runway, uh, Mr. Weltman. You said that you like to draft guys that will have a runway to success or runway to play. Well, with Markel Fultz, I just didn't see the runway for Anthony Black. And, and maybe with a healthy Markel Fultz and Gary Harris, there isn't a runway. But we've been seeing some encouraging signs from AB, and he's getting some minutes. And it's not like we're losing all these games like last year. That's why maybe that's the surprise aspect of it. That the fact that we yeah we have these our our bench and our 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 deep backups coming in and we're still winning games against the Milwaukee Bucks and yeah okay no Damian Lillard but we again we we're missing three of our guys so it's not an excuse we beat the Bucks you know and we beat the Lakers with our backups so I like that I like that get the syrup out this guy's waffling yeah. but he's waffling about what's positive about our team so that's yeah. a good thing because there's multiple things to be excited about you when you said your your support your you know disappointment has been the you know as you said the groundhog day of injuries i mean look please don't i mean come on as an orlando magic fan you knew there was going to be some at some point right yeah. like you're not just going to go clean for a whole season like no. you knew there was going to be these opportunities and without saying it i think that's what well they were saying by saying he'll have a runway to success like at some point he'll be right. the next man up right like and that's with an 82 game season 
there's going to be some times for guys to show what they can do. And if they get that time and they get in there and they make the most of it, then they'll get more time, right? Like we saw last year, there were pockets of time where Caleb Houston got some playing time, but he didn't really do anything sexy enough to say, we got to get this guy minutes. Right. Thus he doesn't get them. Same thing over the past years with like Chuma and other guys. Like we had to play these guys at some point, but if you didn't earn it now, when we got more guys there that are better, we, we fling them into the lineup. So I, I never really worried about him having that runway. I always knew he'd find a way to get in there. I just didn't know he'd make the most of it when he's there. So far, so good. Not blowing my socks off, but but good. My uh, my biggest positive surprise this season, we talked about it earlier, but it is the answer to this for my blank. It's Jalen Suggs. Mm. There's a lot of pressure on him as being that high draft pick. He had some injury issues. He's been in and out of the lineup, right? This is his prove-it season. This is where he says, I'm in the starting lineup. I have my, this is the chance, like I just said, this is his chance to prove he can be the starting shooting guard for the Orlando Magic. And he's kind of making the most of it. Now, he's had some rocky shooting games, but like for the most part, he's showing what he's capable of doing. And that's awesome. Now, at some point when we're looking at getting to the NBA finals, is he still going to be the starting shooting guard? I don't know. But right now he is, and he's the best option and he's, he's getting it done. So I didn't know it would be done on his good days, I didn't know it would be done this well. Mm-hmm. And on his bad days, I feel like that's, you know, about the peak of his bad days. Like, he's still a factor on defense. Right. He's still going around. He's still taking open shots. They're just not falling. So, like, he's not doing bad things even when the stats aren't really in his favor. So, for me, it's got to be Jalen Suggs because, like I said, we we have – we have the stars, we have the Paulo, we have the Franz. We know they're going to deliver. They're going to be there. We needed somebody else to step up. Yep. And so far, it's been him. I love it. I love that, Peach. All right, last one. It's about that time. The Orlando Magic start their journey in the in-season tournament on Tuesday in Brooklyn. I don't think I'm going to make it, man. I'm going old man. I th- All right, so I'm already Peach is already tipping his hat as to how he's going to go on this one. The in-season tournament has me feeling intrigued. Intrigued, Peach. I am intrigued. I'm so intrigued that I was uh, you know, I was on the the ESPN app and I was looking at the season standings and I saw there was a new tab there for the in-season tournament. And I clicked on that little thing and I looked at, oh, the, the games have started, what, you know, in what groups, who's leading what group. It wasn't just a, a different way to dice up the teams to in the different groups, which are different from the conferences and the division or different from the divisions, not the conferences. Um, and and I'm I'm intrigued. I I have I've only watched uh, I think maybe one other NBA in-season tournament game. Um, but I'm excited for the magic to get into it. We've got the new courts. They're interesting. We'll see. I, I, I'm, I do not know if this is going to matter to the casual NBA fan, but I think a sicko like myself is just happy to have, I don't know, maybe another reason, a little bit more oomph in these early season, regular season games. I, I don't think the play, I don't think it matters to the players. Like I, I don't, I don't think they give a shit because they're they're prime athletes. They're gonna try their best every single game. But I, I don't know. Peace, you were yawning. Um, how are you gonna fill in this blank? I, I have a feeling you're coming the opposite way from me. He's got the glasses. I think on. this is gonna be <laughs> this is gonna be the most different we've ever been on something right here. 
But like I said, I think you tried to throw that in there early because yeah. you wanted to make sure that this leans casual, as you know I do. This is annoying to me. Oh, That's wow. all I'm saying is an, I'm annoyed by this. Every time somebody brings this up, I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed looking at some of the team's courts. like too bright. I don't know what the fuck is going on there. I'm all yeah. for like trying to make a fun court. Yeah. Some people's courts, there was one that was like this weird aqua blue that was kind of hard to see right. on TV. Maybe it was better in person. I don't know. But it just didn't come across well on TV. This thing is such a fucking waste of time, dude. Like I, what you just said, I'm so blown away that that's your take on it. Because if anybody cares about this, it is the players. Fans yeah. shouldn't give a shit about this. Because why would we give a shit about it? It counts like a regular season game. Yeah. So cool. Status quo. We still want our team to win, right? Uh, still, I hope the Magic win this thing, but right. I do. Because that means we won all the games, and that counts towards our regular season championship, which matters. Yeah. Whereas this doesn't, because it's for a trophy we haven't seen except for in the middle of these courts, right? It's not like it has some lineage that's insane or whatever. It's just some <laughs> yeah. made-up trophy. And it matters to the players because they all get a $500,000 bonus if they win. So they're the only ones that would give a fuck, right? Yeah. But if you're one of those guys making millions, this doesn't put a dent in your pocket. It matters most to the guys that sit on the end of the bench that don't make a shit ton of money, <laughs> like Kevon Harris or, or, or Caleb Houston, who probably won't play in those games. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think it works as an extra motivator unless the guys on the team really go oh we got to get we got to get those guys that extra five grand 500 grand right like yeah i mean we're watching the rich get richer it doesn't really do anything for me as a fan i don't give a fuck about this thing i just want our team to win games because it counts towards us where we stand in the playoffs and shit yeah so i just think trying to make it a bigger deal than than it is is just the nba trying to pump a little bit of interest into the regular season and look MLB does 162 games, right? And it's too many games and it's a pain in the ass. But every once in a while, they mix in a Field of Dreams game mm. or, you know, they play a game somewhere funny and it's kind of like, ooh. And in the NHL, the NHL masters this by playing outdoor games, yeah. right? Like in stadiums or like at Lake Tahoe. And it like adds a little fun in the middle of the season. And that's what the NBA should be doing. One time there was an NCAA game on an aircraft carrier. That was fucking boss. Yeah. The NBA needs to do some shit like that. I know they've experimented with outdoor games and they've had some trouble with it, but I'm saying there's a way you could make this you know, there's a way you could break up the regular season with something a little more fun than pretending these regular season games count for something more than they do. Because we as a fan should not give a fuck about it. And I wish everybody would stop talking about it. And I wish this thing will just get swept under the rug. And hopefully four or five years from now, we look back at this and laugh because I think it's bullshit. I like your points better than mine. <laughs> I'm just I'm trying over here, man. I'm just trying. I'm trying to get excited. All right. I think it adds a little bit more oomph, but I, your points, uh, yeah, you're right, Peach. I, it would be cooler if they they did the the alternate locations. And I heard on, um, I think it was like an NBA Ringer show. Raja Bell was talking about if this truly became, you know, they've based this on the the international soccer play where there's like the English Premier League, but then if you're in the top four of that league, you play in the Champions League, and there's various cup competitions happening. Um, sure. Well, Orlando City won the Amer won the uh, won the version of that, right? Right, right. Recently. Something like that. Yeah. Some something. Well, yeah. It was like North American teams, and right. just like so, it was like all Mexico, South. Yeah. It's the same idea, right. though. Right. Right. So if it became more international like that, if you gave me, it the thing is right now it'd probably just be NBA teams beating the crap out of other international teams, or 
You know, if you add some yeah. G League teams in there, you know, like what what I'm if we did something that. like that? You're not in that. Here's another way I think you could make this same idea a little fun, right? Yeah. You pick an alternate location like okay, I'm just going to say Jacksonville, Florida, right? No team yeah. plays out of Jacksonville. Right. And that's where the game between the Hawks and the Magic takes place, right? right? Like just in Jacksonville. And yeah. maybe maybe it's just a site where the four teams go and they play their games, you know, back to back. Yeah. On one day, boom, boom, boom. They play and then they switch them and they played the other two teams like, you know, the day, a day or two later. So right. it's sort of like they go to a location and play a couple games in a, in a different locale somewhere kind of in between all of them, sort of like a, the college basketball, like, you know, regional. Right, right, right. Just, just mixing it up by doing something different other than changing the court, which by the way, it doesn't actually matter. It's not like the three point line is closer. It's just <laughs> yeah. the, the court is different color. Everybody right. like, that's, that's not, I, and I love change stuff, changing color. I'm all about that. But like, you know, let's not pretend that matters a lot because it doesn't. Yeah, no, that that's, that's fair. I think to just to give other cities that don't have an NBA team, a little taste, like yeah. if that happened in Hartford, I'd be going batshit crazy. The only thing that, I mean, that does suck. Like you have us, the Orlando magic playing a game in Mexico city. It would be cool. I think the NBA would be more into doing that idea but internationally, they'd be wanting to play, you know, a, a series in Germany, a series in Mexico City, a series in Canada, and then a couple in American cities that are don't have NBA teams. I don't like that, but I yeah. like it better than this. What what's kicking up now? Yeah. Like that because that checks a couple of boxes. It checks them right. trying to get all their international shit in, and this in season tournament. Like do it together. The Magic played the Hawks on a random Wednesday in Mexico City. Unless you're a fan of either one of those teams, did you really even fucking know? Like yeah. they, they just didn't really sell that that much. Um, and it just seems odd to me, but if you put a couple of teams in locations, say it's part of the in season tournament and while wow, they're playing in Mexico city, now it's got a little more stink to it. You know, I'm look, I didn't want to come to this problem and just complain about how much it sucks. I came with some ideas you did. on how you could make it better. So I just, you know, you're welcome. I feel like I did my part. <laughs> and by the way, you can like it if you want to like it. I, I, yeah. I, I heard what you said and that's totally fine. And I've seen, I look, I've gotten in a lot of, I'm glad I'm not on Twitter for this conversation, by the way, because it would not stop, but I've done it a little bit on Instagram with some people and a lot of people, a lot of people agree with me. I've heard some points the other way. I'm like, Hey, if it makes you happy and you feel good and you love this in season tournament, do your thing. I just think it's a fucking waste of time. Duly noted, duly noted. All That's right. A well, great cut up segment, by the way, <laughs> that one's going to get a lot of, a lot of views, a lot of thumbs up, a lot of conversation in the comments, people talking about what they like, what they don't like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was fill in the blank we're heading into the large ending but before we do another shout out to the all-stars and second cousins over on the patreon magic player history bulby the dawn paulo and franz's warmth andy dylan holden drum Raphael perez breadhead matthew bell dan young gloria and damien connor and yadi we did take a booyaka, little four oh seven yes is that a Ray, Ray Mysterio thing? He does Buyaka Buyaka? Yeah, and then he says 619 because he's from San Diego. So that's their area uh, code. So I just put okay. in the uh, Orlando area code there for you. I get it. I get it. Um, we have somebody, to... somebody can make a video of that, put it together, put Jay Mysterio videos. I'd like to see that. Okay, let's do it. Um, thank you, everyone, for the support over on the Patreon. We've taken a step back and kind of rethinking the interaction there, but we really do appreciate it. There's things we want to do. You know, every month we have over a hundred bucks and just expenses just to keep 
the show running with the technology that we're using. And we want to do some fun stuff. When we go down, you know, Court Cousins Night is happening again. We'll look out for that. It's a little tease of the announcement. That's going to cost some money. We want to put some things into that, make that a really awesome fan experience. And we just really appreciate everyone for uh, making this show more financially feasible for us as we continue to put out this content. But if you can't, that's totally fine. Like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Spread this to the algorithm and get it to more Orlando Magic fans. And maybe people who don't like the Orlando Magic and they can just, you know, just get them. We need to bring more people into the cult. Yeah, we need more people to know that we have other players in Bull Bowl. So let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Spread the word. <laughs> all right, Peach, it's that time. For the large ending, please push that button. There it is. Ah, it's the red button on top of the hat of the World Series champion. Shortly after we shot, while we were shooting last show, yep, the Rangers were on their way to winning the World Series. Did you watch any of the World Series this year? Not, not a moment. Not. I watched some of the Brave series, but not a moment of the Rangers. Fair enough. Usually, if my team's out, I'm a little bit mid on the baseball following, but. Everybody was into it around here. It was bananas. I was thinking about going to the victory parade, but it was way too crowded down there. I think they said yeah. they had maybe 500,000 people in this Damn. tiny area around the stadium. It, it looked ridiculously lit, though, and everybody was stoked about it. It's just it was a great way. To, it's great to be in a city when they win a championship because everybody's yeah. in a good mood. Every I'm wearing, I was wearing this hat around for a while, and then people pulling up to you in traffic and just kind of like they want to talk to you or a thumbs up or <laughs> hitting the horn. Like I mean, the mania was real, and it was cool to be be a part of it here. But uh, hopefully, yeah. uh, we we can get a, a Stanley Cup championship this year. That'd be that'd be better. If the if the Magic win, we're going down for the parade. Yeah, can we do that? I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think that could be planned out. Usually, works. they give you enough. Enough. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't have to get home to like feed my horses or something. Yeah. So I look forward to championship parade. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right. I've been avoiding going to them for a long time. I I lived in Boston when the Red yes. Sox win one. I was there I for a couple there. The Patriots ones. Yeah. But like, I, I'd like to go to one, but I want it to be my team. I want to be really like. You want to celebrate. Yeah. You want to, wants to be yeah, for I you. Yeah. I want to throw confetti and throw beers and just have a good old time. Oh, man, we would have a shit show down there. That would be a good time with all the second cousins. All right, Peach, Monday Night Football, you suggested this one for you. So I assume <laughs> that the Broncos are playing the Bills this Monday. Is that right? The Broncos are playing the Bills in the Piche Bowl. Yeah. So who are, who are you Who are you supporting while you're sitting and watching it and who you think is going to win? Well, the Broncos have always been my number one team. And right. The Bills have always been one A, and I say one yes. A because they are not a two tier team. This is yeah. I care about them both almost equally, but usually when they play in the Piche Bowl, I kind of think to myself, who needs this win more? Who's going somewhere? Yeah. And the Broncos aren't going there, despite their win over the Chiefs. I still think that they're not going anywhere. Yeah. So, I think Bills need the win more. So. I will just kind of be rooting for a good game. Hopefully no one gets injured. Right. Yay sports. You know, that kind of mode. But I think the Bills need it more. So I'll be pulling a little for the Bills. Also because I don't like Russell Wilson. And I don't want him to succeed. I want him out of them. So. All right. Well. Bills Mafia. Let's go. <laughs> Paulo is turning 21 today as we record yes. this. That's why I'm rocking the five today. And getting my sip on out of this special collector's cup. Oh, he was talking about with Mark Telly in the interview after the game yeah. about what he was going to be up to. Kind of pleaded the fifth and ran yeah. off. <laughs> yeah, that's a smart I, move. I'm thinking to myself, 
<laughs> I wonder what Kyle did on his 21st birthday. Do you remember? <laughs> what do you man, know about? Man, I don't. It was a while ago, man. It's been a while for... Um, I'm 30, about to be 36. I do not remember what I did on my 21st birthday. And I... I mean, it wasn't it wasn't anything crazy because twenty. I've been drinking for a few years, like years at that point, probably five or six years. I'd already been drinking, so it wasn't like oh, I can drink now. It wasn't. I didn't have that kind of moment to it, and I probably got really drunk, which is another reason I don't remember it. Do you remember yours? You're. Do you? You have a much better memory than I. I do. I. I don't. Nothing. I do remember my boss gave me my first legal six pack. Oh. Um, of Heineken, which I don't like, but I will still have one once in a while in his honor because he's passed away. Okay. Um, but yeah, I don't. I think it was during the week, so it was like I got those. Probably had a couple at home, but didn't really tear it up on the actual day because I had to get up early. For I think I made up for it on the weekend. Yeah. Again, that was I'm a sure time where did. like yeah, I'm already drinking around. And stuff, yeah. I know I went out. That's for sure because it's the first time you can drink legally in bars. Right. Back then, back then you could smoke in bars. It was a scene, man. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I know we did it out in the bar. So. Uh, all right. So, in the meantime, until we record episode fifty-seven, we're gonna have my birthday, another birthday, and Thanksgiving. So, hmm. what is your Turkey Day staple? What are you gonna be cooking up, Peach? Are you gonna? Is there something that you must have on Turkey Day? Well, there's stuff, uh, you know, the basics, the staples. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go off the board with this one because you asked yeah. me the same question last year. Okay. And I'm gonna say my a Turkey Day staple is watching football. Yeah. That, yeah. Okay. That and this sense. year, I'm gonna watch football from in the stadium when you've got oh, the. Commanders, don't call them Redskins, and the Dallas Cowboys. I got a ticket. I'm excited to spend my holiday that way. If I can't get in on the family and food aspect, at least I've got the football there in person. I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Damn, I'm upset that I'm not going, but I'm going to go over February break. I have to. I have to get down there. That's awesome. Cowboys will be out by then. I'm so- <laughs> no, they're not. We're playing well. We're about to destroy the Giants tonight. <laughs> um, all right. You're next, Beach. Go for it. All right. So that week that I just spoke of, mm-hmm. going to that game on Thursday, yep. the Stars had three home games that week. That'll be four Holy events God. in seven days, six days, actually, for me. What's the most events you've ever attended in a week? I mean, that's I bonkers. feel like you might throw on, like, going to a ballet or a play on there. I'll allow it. You're talking about you entertainment. You're talking about entertainment. You're talking about entertainment. You got tickets and stuff. Boom, boom, boom. You know, it usually happens when you're on a vacation or something like that. I mean, we did a yeah. few things when we were in Orlando. We had about three, four things in that week because we went to the Solar Bears game, a couple match games. Right, right. No, I mean, hmm. it's tough, man. We've had some awesome, awesome times. I think that that that's the one I can, again, you ask me all these questions that involve memory, and you know I don't have a good memory, so <laughs> you're an asshole for that. I don't really... <laughs> I, I what I've learned about myself is that I remember moments and I remember feelings. I'm I'm a feeling guy. I'm a feeling yeah. guy. So I don't remember things. I remember how I felt at certain times. Okay. And when people recall experiences or interactions with me, I can remember them based on how they made me feel. But I, it's tough for me to remember some of the events that occurred. 
Okay, fair enough. You know what? There's yeah. no wrong answer to these yeah. questions, so you're safe. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I guess I, we went to going into like Brooklyn. I, I got a crazy December. I'm going to Cirque du Soleil. I'm going to the, the Magic at the Nets um, December 2nd. The next weekend, I'm coming in seeing Wicked. The next weekend, I'm coming in seeing Cirque du Soleil. I got a crazy at the end, December 30th, I'm going to um, uh, Westchester to see the Osceola Magic take on the Westchester Knicks. So... That's not all in one week, but it's it's a bunch in the month. I'm also the day after Christmas going down to Washington D.C. to see the Magic take on the Wizards. So that's five or six okay, events right. in a month. I don't know about so you know in a week, but that that's going to be a solid month. Now, right, fair enough. Peach, one thing that I miss um, very much about you being here in Connecticut is our happy our, our joyful voyages. Um, and, and going, going to the card store, getting some boxes, getting some packs and ripping some cards. You're going to be chasing any basketball this year. We're getting close to the time when the 23, 24 packs are going to start coming out yet. Are you going to be ripping anything? No battery, please charge. (laughs) Can you hear me? Yeah. I can't hear you. Uh-huh. She, she ran out of juice. Oh my yeah. god! No, dude. Can't hear you. Can't hear you. I can't hear you. We're so close. <laughs> no, that one's dead too. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been great. Oh, I love you very much, Court Cousins. I'm gonna be opening some basketball cards. I think that's a great way to end the show. We hope to see you soon, everyone. We'll see you in two weeks for episode 57. We'll say thanks for coming for Peach and peace out, second cousins. Are you just ending the show? (laughs) (laughs) It's no good.